This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I am the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise, and I'm happy to be so. It is my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me today, and and as always, it's an honor to be here with you. My show today is entitled Ruthless People, and yes, I borrowed that title from a movie I saw quite some time ago. Perhaps you saw the same one, Ruthless People. Now, as you may have guessed from my pithy title, I'm going to talk about ruthless people. And we have an entire political party of ruthless people, and therefore I'm going to have no shortage of ruthlessness to talk about today. More specifically, I'm going to talk about progressive Democrats, and you probably have already guessed that, as ruthless people, and some of the ruthless behaviors that our ruthless ruling class are up to. And if you've been paying any attention at all, and I'm sure you have been, who some of these ruthless people are and some of their ruthless behaviors, I would like to get to the gun control nonsense being thrust on us by ruthless people and what ruthless people are up to in the name of public safety. But I'm not sure I'm going to get there today, so we'll see how how the show goes. Mostly because I'm still steaming mad after that dog and lame pony show just just put up by the ruthless people in Congress who claim to be saving saving our democracy somehow by blaming and shaming and attempting to crucify a lot of innocent folks who amusingly walked into the Capitol building on January 6th. Yes, I said amusingly. I mean, many of them sort of stumbled in there thinking it was okay to be there. They all got caught up. Hundreds of them caught up and charged with felonies and all kinds of other baloney of which many are still in prison over. You know, we suffered uh, 574. I got that number exact, by the way. 574 destructive, life-taking riots during the summer of 2020 over the unfortunate murder of really a petty criminal and drug addict by a rogue and arrogant cop. And there's been hardly a word of condemnation from the ruthless party known as Progressive Democrats for that assault on our democracy and our sanity. But calling the repugnant event of January 6th an insurrection gives a bad name to insurrections. The insurgents brought no guns, or any leader apparently, unless you think that, multi, that multicolored buffalo hat-wearing dude was the insurrection's leader. Now, hundreds of people who entered the Capitol got caught up really in the emotion of, of the rally. They didn't know they were doing any wrong. And having listened to a lot of interviews with some of these people, it's very clear they had no idea that they were a threat to democracy. Here's a short clip from the commission's chair, Benny Thompson from Mississippi. See what you think of this. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6th, 2021. Can you help me make 
any sense out of that statement. What does slavery, lynching in the South by the Ku Klux Klan, and what took place on January 6th at the nation's capital have to do with each other? In, in what way is this a logical, rational, understandable, and valid comparison? Now, I suppose that since Mr. Benny Thompson is black, that everything in today's world of ruthless, woke, progressive people has to come through the lens of slavery or systemic racism or some harm or malice against black Americans. I suppose had Mr. Benny Thompson been Hispanic, he would have compared January 6th to events at the Alamo. Thank Lord Benny's black family nor my white family have had anything directly to do with the slavery and lynching that took place in the South so many decades ago. Now, now perhaps uh, Benny Thompson has a personal connection through ancestry that gives him a unique framework on America's dark period. But, but come on already. January 6th hardly compares to years of slavery and lynchings. Uh, if you're saying that January 6th was a threat to our democracy, I'd have to disagree. First, we don't have a democracy. We have a republic. And second, what happened on January 6th hardly, and I might add disrespectfully, can't compare to the 820,000 American lives lost to the American Civil War. Furthermore, let me remind myself that the South, the slaveholding South was ruled by Democrats, and in fact the South was 96% Democrat at the time. The Ku Klux Klan was begun by a Confederate general and run by Democrats. It was the Democrat Party that blocked any meaningful civil rights reform until 1964. And it's the so-called Democrat Party that's thrashing the economic daylights out of Americans today. Benny, your Senate colleague, the often dishonorable Chuck Schumer, said right after January 6th that it was comparable to Pearl Harbor. I can't believe what terribly poor choices you all make when comparing events. The 3,000-plus Americans that died at Pearl Harbor in no way compares to the misguided and embarrassing events on January 6th, and our democracy was hardly at risk because of the Japanese attack at Pearl Harbor. Don't you think it's time to get some perspective? Well, I guess not, huh? Especially when ruthless people have nothing positive to offer the American people after your first 17 months in charge. <laughs> what a record. I can't even get it on five or six pages of paper, in small font, single-spaced. So ruthless people do what ruthless people do. They play ruthlessly and recklessly with the truth. But hey, the state of Washington, yes, that state on the left coast, you see how smoothly we just made that transition? Uh, that, that state of Washington just announced they're suffering an extreme shortage of baby formula. So what do I call extreme? Well, their shelves are 90% bare of baby formula. So when will uh, the esteemed Nancy Pelosi convene a commission to study how it is that the Food and Drug Administration, the Biden administration of the Food and Drug Administration, managed to close a plant that produces 40% of our baby formula and somehow didn't connect the dots that pictured a shortage on the nearsighted horizon, like soon. 
You know, Benny, uh, hungry babies are an existential threat to democracy. Honest to gosh. And then there's Joe's flip comment about the shortage. Should you have taken those steps sooner before parents got to these shelves and, and couldn't find formula? If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. But we moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us. And we have to move with caution as well as speed. I just bet you there are more people upset about the baby formula shortage than they have any concern over what happened on January 6th. Just my guess, just my guess. Patty Murray, Washington State's ruthless senator, can hardly be bothered with baby formula, even though there's a 90% shortage right now in her state. Now here's a clip of what, in ruthless Patty Murray's mind, is really important to the citizens of Washington State. It makes absolutely no sense that legal cannabis businesses are being forced to operate entirely in cash. So I want this to be the year we finally get that bill across the finish line in the Senate and to the president's desk to be signed into law. Well... (laughs) Keeping folks high in Washington state apparently is critical, especially when everyone is freaked out about a baby formula shortage. Now, you should be able to use your credit card for heaven's sakes when it comes to buying weed. I mean, paying cash is just so yesterday. My nerves already. You know by now that inflation just hit a new high of 8.6%. And given that gas continues to rise every day, Expect next month's inflation to go higher, higher, higher. Personally, when I walk down the aisles of Costco in our local public supermarket, prices seem like they're really closer to 15 to 20 percent. Higher across the board, really. Shopping has become like a mental game of guessing how much the price has gone up since you last purchased any given product. But first, you bet, you bet yourself, really whether what you're looking for, uh, what you're going to buy, or you hope to buy, is, is actually in stock. Now, I've been lucky my last couple of trips, but don't tell anybody. Uh, but it goes in spurts. Lucky, unlucky, lucky, lucky, unlucky. Inflation hasn't been this high since 1981. Not that you feel any better, really, knowing that you're part of a new record of economic turmoil. Uh, you know, the music charts... The top pop hit at the time was Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Who remembers Olivia? Now, if you're under 45 years of age, you probably haven't heard of her. Now, I remember the tune Let's Get Physical because it was all the rage with my physical therapy colleagues at the hospital. They were fond of saying, if it's physical, it's therapy. But personally, I don't see how inflation is in any way therapeutic. I mean, do you? And if you do, stop and seek professional help before those thoughts get out of hand. But this is Joe's howdy-doody time. In the past, Joe was often ruthless. Well, at least as often as he was clueless. But in this last election cycle, Joe signed on to be a ruthless progressive so that he could become president. Joe would have sold his soul to be president. The problem was that when it came time to hand his soul over this last election cycle... The ruthless Democrats discovered Joe had already sold it to be vice president. 
Anyway, Joe somehow believes that he's growing the middle class from the bottom up and the middle out. I'm sure you've heard him say it a hundred times. Others, like myself, see that he's hollowing out the middle class from the bottom up and the middle out. Now, inflation, at the end of Trump's term, January 2021, inflation was 1.4%, and it was low throughout the entire Trump presidency. By April of 2021, four, or really three months, when it came down to it, three months in the office, inflation had sprung to 4.1%. That's because the Fed was pumping out money and we had the American Rescue Plan. What an oxymoronic phrase, because it, it didn't rescue anybody. In July, it climbed to 5.4%. By January of this year, we were at 75 In April of this year, it went to 83 And May, which just got reported, is 86 And we know it's going to be even higher when the June report comes out in, in July. Gas and all things dependent on oil are costing more. We've, we've begun buying only things we need here in our household and not those things we'd like to buy. Perhaps I'll lose some unexpected weight because of the Biden uh, plan uh, of dieting. All this turmoil is bad enough, but, but I've come to resent Daffy Biden telling us really how great everything is. If you get this logic... I mean, Joe says we're better prepared for this economic pain because of his American rescue plan that's caused most of this inflation. Huh. Let's face it, Vladimir Putin is a bad fellow, but the war in Ukraine isn't the reason for most of this inflation or many of the other evils going on in America. And by Biden's logic, Putin's also responsible for the unbelievable illegal alien assault coming across our so-called southern border. Putin's war has led to an increase in murders in Democrat-controlled cities right here in America. In fact, because of Putin, we have criminals popping up everywhere in America. And as long as they shop uh, uh, for things under $950 uh, uh, per occurrence, uh, they just walk out free. It's amazing. Now, Now, stay with me as I inspire you with a couple of clips from our fossilized Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, as she testifies before the Senate this past week. Now, here are two jaw-dropping clips packed with hard data and facts. Uh, Here they come. Do, Do you have your pencil, paper, and calculator in hand? Look, over the medium term, the critical thing is that we become more dependent on the wind and the sun that are not subject to geopolitical influences and passing clean um, energy credits that will boost um, non-renewables is, I think, really, really critical to, um, to, to, to addressing climate change and our uh, energy costs for households going forward. I am also horrified by gun violence, um, what we've seen in recent weeks over and over many years. And I do hope that Congress will take long overdue action and um, put in place common sense measures to reduce gun violence. Well, that's the first clip. Wow. 
I bet you didn't realize how dependent we've become on the sun and the wind. But you have to wonder why we're sitting on an underground supply of 400 years worth of clean fossil fuel energy while we're squeezing American families, and at the same time, the woke, ruthless Democrats are hammering us with 40 other woke, crazy policies and twisted ideologies. Climate change and global warming may be occurring, but most of it's a hoax. Now note, ruthless progressive Democrats are really good at pulling off hoaxes. Just ask President Trump. But all this turmoil because ruthless Democrats believe the world will end in seven years if America, no, America, not China or India, but America doesn't stop using fossil fuels now, immediately. And how does this make any sense to say that we're buying dirty energy from foreign sources and this somehow reduces our carbon footprint, or is it more like our butt imprint on the carbon environment? And what happened to Joe's Buy American policy? Just more Joe BS? Why not wait until at least we truly have a transition technology to switch to before cutting off the oil and natural gas? I don't understand it. Here's the promised second clip of Janet Yellen's Wisdom from the Ages. When I said that inflation would be transitory, what I was not anticipating was a scenario in which we would end up contending with multiple variants of COVID that would be scrambling our economy and global supply chains, and I was not envisioning um, impacts on food and energy prices we've seen from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So, um, as Chair Powell indicated himself, um, both of us probably could have used a better term than transitory. I do expect inflation to remain high, although I very much hope that it will be coming down now. You've heard it before. Hope is not a plan, Janet. So don't you feel better now that you've heard from the Biden administration's brain trust, who's managing our economy alongside the Federal Reserve and, of course, pencil sharp and ready Joe Biden? Frankly, I've heard better third graders give reports than what Janet Yellen just put out this past year. Ms. Yellen is also one of those old-time moderate Democrats who sold her soul to become Treasury Secretary. But in doing so, she had to become a card-carrying member of the ruthless people. And don't let this little old granny fool you. Behind the scenes, she's twisting the arms of all the big banks not to lend to any part of the petroleum industry. It's not only the oil leases that the Biden administration is choking off to drillers, but it's also the supply of capital. And this is widely reported. This is also why it's incredibly disingenuous for the White House to say they're doing everything possible to increase supply. And if there's a shortage in the market, it's Putin's fault and it's our petroleum industry's fault because they want to keep prices high and supply low. The Western nations, mostly Europe and America, aren't buying Russian oil, but everybody else is. Biden, instead of supporting Ukraine before this nation is entirely in ruin, 
is conflicted over our weapons policy. And, and Biden can't seem to make his mind up, or whoever's mind is running the White House, as to whether we're all in or we're all out or we're in or we part out. Our, what is the picture? What is our plan in Ukraine? I haven't heard a clear strategy from the Biden administration other than occasionally they ship more uh, low-key weapons. So this problem of short oil supplies is going to remain, and the Europeans are clueless as to what they're going to do for energy next winter without Russian natural gas. Oh, yes, we could supply it, but we're so busy shopping oil from the dark side of the planet, that being Iran, Venezuela, and other such political pariahs, that we're unlikely to be able to help very much. Now, as as of November, we have a we have a very clear choice to make, and we better really think about this hard. Either we can hang on with the bet Joe Biden and his ruthless progressive party have made that we could somehow convert to a largely renewable energy nation in a relatively short time frame, or we vote the ruthless people out and we change course immediately. But if we choose the latter path, and that's my preference. Just remember, progressive Democrats are ruthless people, and we will have to be equally ruthless in expelling them from power because they will not go gently into that dark night. Republicans are notoriously bad at ruthlessness. We have too many mamby-pamby rhinos on board in Congress to truly wield power and the power necessary to push the legislation we need to confront the ruthless progressives. But one thing is absolutely clear. We will never in our lifetimes have a better opportunity to win back and in a very big way win back Congress. But let's hear from one of the more ruthless Democrats on how swell green energy is. You know, ruthless people are now stepping up and telling us inflation and gas prices are all relative and the new age of fossil fuel-free transportation is here. It's arrived. Just go out and get yours. Now, here's a clip of uh, Senator, uh, very woke, Debbie uh, Sabanow from Michigan, another one of the truly ruthless people sharing her joy over flipping off uh, excuse me, I meant uh, using hand signals uh, to uh, the petroleum industry because she's now all electric uh, with her new car. Well, good morning, Madam Secretary. We're so glad to have you uh, with us. I do have to say just on the issue of... Uh, uh, gas prices after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle. I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station. It didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets. So there you have it, the solution to everything. We just all need to run out and get Teslas and get our garage fitted for um, uh, charging. I don't know if you saw a story in Wall Street Journal last week about someone who rented a, an electric car uh, for a vacation, and they spent half of the vacation waiting to charge their car. You know, it, it, it doesn't take 10 minutes to charge one of these electric vehicles, although it's sort of nice, and you begin to wonder if you go on any kind of extended trip 
It's more than a couple of hundred miles. Where do you find the next charging station? But not to worry about that because Pee Wee Pete is going to put 500,000 charging stations across America, which is likely not to help very much since you, you get halfway to where you're going and you have to stop for 12 hours to recharge your car. Well, moving along, I enjoy listening to Mark Levin. Oh, Mark gets very overly excited at times, and his voice uh, is sometimes gets stuck in a single octave, but he's always a very insightful commentator. Who I call ruthless people, Mark Levin calls them the ruling elite. Whatever you call them, their methods and goals are really the same. Here's Mark Levin. The Constitution exists to protect us from two things an overly powerful ruling class, and an out-of-control mob. We're not a pure democracy. We don't have a parliament. And on the other hand, we don't have a centralized government, or not supposed to, that can rule with an iron fist. And so when people talk about democracy, they completely misstate the purpose of our government. Our government is intended to protect the individual and individual liberties. You know of any other country that has a Bill of Rights? I don't know of any other country that does. Individualism is key. The Declaration of Independence talks about unalienable rights for every single human being, natural rights. And the authority comes from God, not from government. Well, we have a serious, serious problem in this country. The Constitution has been breached constantly. In many respects, we live in a post-constitutional America. And let me explain what I mean. At every turn, in our society now, promoted by the media and academia and certainly the politicians themselves. The goal is to empower the ruling class. They'll use their mob, they'll abuse the middle class, but the goal is to empower the ruling class. And we have a ruling class that is narcissistic, that is incompetent, and in many respects, anti-American. And we've seen failure upon failure for which they take absolutely no responsibility. And as a matter of fact, when they fail, they blame you, the American people. When they fail, they blame other people, institutions, our history. They do whatever they can to deflect. Why? Because the answer to their failure is always more power for them and less freedom for you. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to... Take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back, because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show, and I'm not kidding. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. 
In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. While we were on break, this story came across the wires from Breitbart News. It's titled, Most Believe Biden Administration Allowing Gas Prices to Rise to Get Americans Off Fossil Fuels. Uh, I think that's a pretty reasonable hypothesis, don't you? <laughs> Let me read the uh, story to you. A convention of states action, Trevelgar Group a survey, just found that most voters believe the Biden administration is allowing gas prices to rise to force Americans to use less fossil fuel. The survey asked a very simple question. Do you believe the Biden administration is intentionally letting gas prices rise to make Americans use less fossil fuels? 53% overall said yes, they believe that Biden is allowing it to happen purposely to force Americans to use less fossil fuel. Another 40%, however, don't believe that this is the case, and 7% say they're unsure. Now, opinions, as you would expect, are divided across party lines. Over three-quarters of Republicans, or 77%, and 57% of independents believe Biden administration is deliberately allowing gas prices to rise for those purposes. Now, I'd go a step further and say that they're act actively making prices rise by all the actions they've, they've taken, and we'll, we'll get to those in a few seconds here. Let me continue on. Most Democrats, a 69%, disagree and don't believe the administration is doing any such dastardly thing as forcing Americans to pay higher prices just so they use less uh, fossil fuel. Now, the survey was taken in the last week of May, 
1,100 uh, general like general election likely voters uh, were surveyed, and the uh, margin is plus plus or minus two two and a half percent. It comes as gas prices broke yet another record, as we all know, on Friday, jumping to four dollars and ninety nine cents overnight, according to AAA. That reflects a twenty two cent rise in the last week, and a sixty one cent rise in the last month. And all you know, all these uh, rises aren't just in our gas pump. They they filter through everything, literally everything. All while this, the Biden administration has refused to take any responsibility for ever rising prices under his administration, ignoring the fact that he attacked American energy independence on day one. First, he nixed the Keystone Pipeline. Then he continued the trend by rejoining the Paris Climate Accord. I guess we. We shouldn't forget that. And then he canceled oil and gas leases everywhere. Now, in recent months, Biden has placed the blame on Russia's invasion of Ukraine, as we've talked about earlier in the show. I mean, everything's Putin's fault now. Even though prices were on the rise even before that event, I mean, if you notice the rhetoric when you listen to uh, Biden or his... uh, Minions come out and talk about these things. They start saying that well, prices began to rise when Putin began to amass troops on the Ukraine border. Well, that happened in April. You know, he had he had ten troops there, then he had a hundred troops, and you can't tell me that uh, on that uh, and sometime in April, everyone said, "Oh, it is going to be a war," and so we got to start hiking gas pr- uh, oil prices right away across the world. Uh, it's very disingenuous because all of the things began to hit our inflation curve in April after they had passed in February, early February, the American Rescue Plan. Not to mention that you're going to see all the actions Biden proactively took on day one, signaling the market that he was having an open war against fossil fuels. And he has pursued that war to this day, as we talked about before with banking. So, uh, you know, there's no doubt about what they're up to there. And even Biden coming out last week and saying we're, we're in the midst of a of a great transition and hopefully we're going to live through this and we're going to be so much better off because I forced this transition. But as we've also discussed earlier on, how could he be buying oil from somebody else saying that, you know, in, in, in honesty that you're, you're forcing a transition. All you're doing is forcing higher prices on us to buy cars we can't afford and that there's not enough supply of. And, you know, just to digress for a second, I don't know if you've looked into electric cars. Uh, they're, they're marvelous. They don't make any noise. It, uh, all things are wonderful, with one exception. When you have to replace those batteries, they're incredibly expensive. And storage batteries are the whole crux in this problem. Uh, the minerals that are necessary, the rare earth minerals that are necessary to make these batteries, we're not in control of. And on top of that, mining them has great harm to the environment. So now you're getting environmentalists around the world beginning to line up against the people who are all into this climate change malarkey uh, and, and trying to force everyone to, to, to go electric. And as you've already heard, we're going to have brownouts uh, through California this year. Other states are looking at that. You know, our, our electric grid is very fragile. It's pretty hard to charge your car, especially when you need an 11 or 13-hour charge uh, and you have rolling uh, blackouts that come down. But but anyway, uh, 
Here's what uh, your president did when he first came to office, according to Josh Hawley, when he was talking to the energy secretary. Boy, what a character this person is, Jennifer Grandholm, who also just got an electric car, and she's telling us how she's, you know, thumbing her nose at all the gas stations as she drives by. But this is what uh, Josh had to say uh, in a hearing about a month ago. He said that Biden immediately re-entered the Paris Climate Accord. Well, we said that he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah, we could be getting, you know, a gazillion barrels of oil just come right down that pipeline, right into our refineries, which is also, we're, we're limited to, you know, we haven't had any new refineries built in quite some time because the refinery people say, we're not putting capital into refineries because the progressives are going to try and choke off the whole fossil fuel industry. And then he halted all the leasing programs in, in Alaska and in the Anwar region. Then he also issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters. And that was nationwide. And he's also directed all his federal agencies to eliminate all support for fossil fuels. That's what we're talking about. The EPA's going after uh, the fossil fuel industry. The, the banking system has been... Uh, uh, put on uh, notice that they shouldn't be lending any money. And he imposed a bunch of new regulations on gas and oil and on methane admissions, trying to find some way that they're going to levy attacks on car farts. I don't know how they're going to, it's going to be, I wouldn't know to have that job, let's just say that, counting the, counting those. Those were all just in the, in the first few days. And if you watch the oil markets, the day that Biden was elected, the, the, the gas and oil industry began to, to, to respond to all the things that Joe said during the campaign. And we've, I've played clips of that before. You know, he's got all kinds of outrageous statements. So, yes, I mean, I don't know why people don't believe, uh, but it's very instructive, isn't it, that the Democrats don't believe that, that Joe is purposely doing this, per, you know, uh, in order to get us to use less fossil fuels. Go figure. Um, any event, I just wanted to get that out of the way so we get back to what I was talking about before, and that's ruthless people. You know, our ruling elites are ruthless people. Now, their goal is to empower their own ruling class. But what these ruthless peoples are up to is it really entirely different than past political dynasties in our American politics. Today's ruthless are radical progressives that want to rewrite our Constitution. They don't want to tweak it. They want to rewrite it and recreate America into a neo-Marxist or a neo-socialist centralized totalitarian nation where all government power is concentrated under a one-party system. Now, I know that sounds really outrageous and it sounds like some kind of conspiracy, but if you start to, to look at at all the things that are going on, all the rhetoric that's going out, some of the slips of tongue that go out from some of these progressives, uh, it, it's a little bit easier. And I would really encourage you, if you haven't, to read American Marxist by Mark Levin, it, really a very good book, a uh, New York bestseller on the on the number one list, uh, despite what the New York Times tried to do to it for a number of weeks. Uh this is the end, I believe, really, ruthless progressives are working toward. But, but how do they go about this destruction of our current society and work, really work around the freedoms and liberties that we've granted ourselves through our Constitution? I mean, for instance, like the First and Second Amendments. 
And, you know, it's really interesting when you think about all the attacks from progressives about the First and Second Amendments. You know, our forefathers made these the First and Second Amendments because they were the first and second most important things to them and a Bill of Rights. And that was the freedom of speech and the freedom to defend yourself. And these, as Mark said earlier in the clip, really are parts of, parts of natural law. Uh, their method of deliverance, I believe, for what they wish to see is chaos. First, it's critical to recognize that ruthless people, the ones that I'm talking about, the, the radical progressives, are daily promoting widespread chaos across all layers of our society. I mean, when you boil it down, that's the common denominator. The more chaos, the better. And there's a reason for that, and I'll get to it in a minute. Their strategic method by which to conquer is chaos. So, so what is chaos? I mean, it's simply complete disorder and confusion. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been in complete disorder and confusion? The, uh, nobody knows who, who's in charge. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of standing around and talking about it and everything else. Chaos is what happened in Uvalde. You can go back and look to that. How do you get 19 law people in the halls of a school and nobody knows what to do? Or they don't have the equipment to do it? Or no one wants to make that first step? Or no one wants to oversee somebody else's authority because lines of authority are confused? In societies, chaos is caused by behavior so unpredictable as to appear random. But it comes about because of a great sensitivity to small changes in political or social conditions. And I've got some excellent examples for you. Uh, To digress for just a second, this is another way to think of, I think, uh, ruthless plots. Now, now you've seen ruthless plots played out out really hundreds of times in in television and movie plots. And this is always, there's a lesson to be taken away from all of these. It's always the failure of the innocent victims in the storyline who fail to recognize their true enemy is ruthless, is deadly ruthless, and ruthless people, they don't play fair. The ruthless protagonist is always out to kill those who don't go along with their evil plans. It's, it's high time to fully realize that ruthless people aren't out to sideline you. They're out to eliminate you if you stand in their way. And we have so many examples of cancel culture and wokeism and what has been done to people's businesses and to their reputations right down the line simply because you said something that disagreed. Take a look at this this uh, uh, Georgetown uh, law professor who just quit. It was going to be fired eventually because he put out a tweet saying, he had questions about Biden selecting a person for this open justice seat on the Supreme Court, and he just he just violated all the you know the norms by saying I'm going to pick a woman and she's going to be black. Everybody else was discounted in our our open egalitarian uh, society. Uh, so he put out a tweet to that, and everybody just went nuts. And the guy got napalmed. He was put on suspension for four months. I mean, you can't even speak your mind. You can't even say something like, I question, you know, why somebody should do something like this. Well, this, this is a violation of people's understanding of social justice. 
because, you know, we have to make up for all those years of slavery, which none of us have any idea what that was all about. And most of the people that are bitching about it don't either. It was a terrible thing, but it was a terrible thing that the Jews were enslaved in Egypt for thousands of years before the Exodus. I mean, so, I mean, how far do you want to go back with some of this stuff? Uh, Ruthless people, they're out to recruit you really to their way of thinking, to support their plans, regardless of how damaging these plans are for others. But if, if they can't do that, they try to recruit you with gifts of status and financial rewards. But after all, do you think any of those anti-woke school districts got the same allocation of funds from Biden's inflation machine, better known as the American Rescue Act, that, that others did? I mean, those in line with the wokeism of progressive Democrats, people I tag as ruthless people, did better in all sorts of support from the Biden administration these last 17 months. And there are a gazillion examples of it. Uh, here's, here's a real simple one. Think about the Department of Justice and the FBI's ruthless crackdown on feisty parents who were, who were bold enough to express their dissatisfaction with their woke school boards pushing wokeness on their children. If ruthless people can't scare you straight into their way of thinking, then they begin uh, threatening you with, with consequences. Uh, why doesn't our supply chain work? It's really very simple. Because all those workers who refused to get a COVID-19 vaccination were either fired or, quite frankly, uh, they quit. And, and what this did is created gaping holes along every pathway in the supply chain. All those nexuses in a supply chain, you take one person out of a nexus that has all kinds of cross-communications and ties with everybody else, you have really crippled a network. Anyone that knows about network theory understands that. I don't know if you're aware right now, there are four, there are over 4,000 Border Patrol agents that are up for termination because they still refuse to take a COVID-19 vaccine. Honest to gosh, four, more than 4,000 now. You might say that these age, agents are in the Mexican standoff with the Department of Homeland Insecurity because DHS can't afford to fire 4,000 agents as illegal border crossings are increasing daily. And there's a caravan of over 16,000-plus headed for the border as of this minute, as if we're talking right now, and it's growing. It's like a snowball. This minute, right now, as I broadcast this Frankly Daniel show, more proof of ruthlessness, our immigration policies clearly say that what Joe Biden is doing by allowing millions of penniless migrants, because they paid all their money to the cartels, to enter the country is illegal. There are laws on the books that say this is illegal. When you have 90% of these people, that uh, of the ones that do show up for their hearings two and three years later, are, are deemed, uh, uh, they're, they're not asylum, asylum victims, they need to return to their country, and they don't because there's no enforcement, which is the other problem in all of this. But even when the state's attorney general sue the Biden administration in court and win, who's going to force Joe Biden to comply? Here's an example. Federal courts have said that the, the Trump's remain in Mexico policy is still the law. That's clearly been adjudicated in two or three federal district courts now. And that the Biden administration must reinstate it. 
Now, that was more than four months ago. I think we're pushing five months on that now, and still nothing from Slow Walking Joe. Cause they don't plan on doing it. I mean, they're just thumbing their nose. They say, who's going who's gonna to make me? Is the, is the justice going to get on his horse and, and ride into Washington and, and arm wrestle Joe uh, over the issue? And that's the problem across the board. Ruthless people will act ruthlessly, and the more we push back, the more ruthless they become. I think that's an axiom somewhere. I may have seen that in a, in a, a, in a bathroom somewhere. I'm not sure. Uh, well, if you don't bend over and comply, you can expect consequences. And these consequences can be life-threatening. Ruthless people rarely, if ever, announce that if you stand in the way, they're going to take you out, quite literally. And they'll use any subterfuge and lie and any method to snuff you so that you no longer pose a threat to their evil enterprise. And I call it evil enterprise. Now, here's, here's a very open threat. You've probably heard this several times. I'm going to play it again and see if you can identify who said it. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Here you have an, an anointed ruthless leader of the ruthless progressive left threatening two Supreme Court justices. Uh, by the way, I take it you've seen the news and details about the attempted assassination of Supreme Court Brett Kavanaugh. If so, bear with me, and I'm going to detail this assassination attempt as, as lame as it was, and it's, it's good that it was so lame. By the way, uh, Chuck Schumer was, uh, there were charges between the, on the Ethics Committee brought up about uh, Schumer's uh, threat. Of course, that went nowhere. And by the way, just recently, in the last couple of days, uh, there's been more charges uh, uh, to the Ethics Committee about those statements, particularly in light of this assassination attempt. Only ruthless people say something so, so mean and stupid. The following is taken from an affidavit filed by two United States deputy marshals about this event. Quote, On June 8 of 2022, at approximately 1.05 a.m., two United States deputy marshals saw an individual dressed in black clothing and carrying a backpack and a suitcase get out of a taxi cab that had stopped in front of the Montgomery County, Maryland residence of current justice of the United States Supreme Court. The individual looked at the two deputy U.S. Marshals who were standing next to their parked vehicle and then turned to walk down the street. Shortly thereafter, Montgomery County Emergency Communications Centers fielded a call from an individual who identified himself as Nicholas John Roski. Roski informed the call taker that he was having suicidal thoughts and that he had a firearm in his suitcase. Roski also told uh, the call taker that he came from California to kill a specific United States Supreme Court justice. Oh, how open of him, huh? The, uh, that's what I call about transparency. That's wonderful. The Montgomery County Police Department officers were dispatched to the location near the Supreme Court justice's residence where they encountered Roski, who was still on the telephone with the Montgomery County Emergency Communications Center. Roski was taken into custody without incident, and law enforcement officers seized both the backpack and the suitcase that were still in his possession. 
An inventory search of the seized suitcase and backpack revealed a black tactical chest ring, a tactical knife, a Glock 17 pistol with two magazines and ammunition, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, screwdriver, nail punch, crowbar, pistol light, duct tape, hiking boots with padding on the outsides of the soles, and numerous other items. After being transported to the Montgomery County Police Department 2nd District Precinct, a detective advised Roski of his constitutional rights. He indicated that he understood the rights and agreed to speak with the agents and signed a written waiver to that effect. He then told the detective that he was upset about the leak of the recent Supreme Court draft decision regarding the right to an abortion as well as the recent school shootings in Uvalde, Texas. Roski indicated that he believed the justice, meaning Kavanaugh, that he intended to kill, would side with the Second Amendment decisions that would loosen gun control laws. So he brought a gun with him. That uh, makes no sense, right? Uh, to shoot him because he was going to loosen the laws and he wanted them to be tighter. Uh, Roski uh, stated that he began thinking about how to give his life a purpose. Uh, that's really a noble cause, right? And decided that he would kill the Supreme Court justice after... Uh, finding the Justice's Montgomery County address on the Internet. Now, Roski further indicated that he had purchased the Glock pistol and other items for the purpose of breaking into the Justice residence and killing the Justice as well as himself. End quote. Now, it turns out that Dan Shannon, who identified himself as Roski's grandfather, said this was out of character for his grandson. So much for red flag, red flag laws, right? Uh, we're in crisis right now, and we really don't know, Shannon said. Uh, he said that Roski did not live in his Simi Valley home and was not sure the last time he had stayed there. So, yeah, what about the red flag laws and the background checks? And you know what this guy had in common with all the most recent shooters? They're off their rocker. That, that's what's wrong. And so all these other solutions that Biden wants to institute, which are really after collecting all the guns in the end, they're not going to solve any of these things. So, yeah, what was the Supreme Court justice's home supposed to be? They should have been hardened targets by the Justice Department. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi has refused to, to sign the bill the Senate passed to harden these targets right now, especially these nine Supreme Court justices' home, in particular the six uh, allegedly conservative justices. But, no. And, of course, uh, Merritt Garland uh, won't uh, won't prosecute any of these protesters out in front of these homes, banging drums at all hours of the morning and and yell, yelling all kinds of ridiculous things, as if they're somehow going to intimidate these justices into changing their mind. Here's a piece of interesting trivia you probably won't find elsewhere. Attorney General Merrick Garland was a federal judge, which you probably already know, on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. He did that between 1997 and 2020, including seven years as the court's chief judge. Brett Kavanaugh also served as a federal judge alongside Garland on the same court between 2006 and 2018. In other words, they were fellow justice colleagues on the same district court for 12 years. Of course, in a bizarre twist of fate, Garland was tapped by Obama to be a Supreme Court justice but Mitch McConnell ran the clock out on Obama's appointment, and Garland lost his chance on the Supreme Court. Then Trump comes along and nominates Brett Kavanaugh. 
And after the most bizarre, heinous, and absolutely repugnant confirmation hearing, Kavanaugh becomes a justice. But you can't get Garland to go ahead and protect these homes and enforce the federal law that says you cannot protest in front of a judge's, a sitting judge's house, period, for no reason whatsoever. There isn't any reason, because the only conclusion is that you're attempting to intimidate them to change a decision. And when it comes down to a decision of law, not a political decision, that is illegal. Well, I can see that our time is screaming toward an end here. I have so much more to say, so much more prepared. I'm going to come back to uh, Ruthless People Part 2 next week, so stay tuned. There's one other thing I want to leave you with. It's a critical piece of information. Actually, it's a hypothesis. Now, you probably remember all ten of the biblical commandments handed to Moses on Mount Sinai. Ruthless people don't routinely subscribe to any of these commandments. If you're truly ruthless, you simply cannot comply with them because God's laws and ruthlessness cannot coexist. Now, that's my parting hypothesis. Think it over this week and test it out as ruthless people ply their trade this week in the news. Thank you for having me. My name is Daniel Francis Baranowski, and you've been listening to The Frankly Daniel Show. <laughs>